0: Um, we didn't get a chance to finish all the psalms, and I'm not going to try to finish them all now, but oh, there's so many beautiful, beautiful psalms here. Well, fortunately, I had the foresight to give them all to you, okay, and you've got a few little reflections on from each one, so you can kind of catch up on that, but let's jump to the very end. We've, been, we've We walked to Jerusalem. We left the world behind us. And as we've marched through the city of Jerusalem, we've had all these reflections on God, on his mercy, on his goodness, on his protection, on peace. We prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, for the prosperity of Jerusalem. But now let's come to Psalm 134, the last of the psalm of ascents. And I'm going to read this to us, and then we're going to reflect a little bit. Behold now, bless. The Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God in the nighttime, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he that made heaven and earth. Through this journey to the temple, now the pilgrim has reached the courts of the house of the Lord. And he stands in the courts of the house of the Lord and he lifts up his hands to the holy place and he blesses the Lord. In fact, he's there all day. He's there into the night. He does not tire of blessing the Lord. It's a beautiful image. After all that journey, to finally reach God's temple and to bless the Lord from the courts of the house of the Lord. But our experience is different. You see, in the temple, there are various courts. There's a court for the Gentiles. They couldn't get very far into the temple ground. They could only go a little ways in. But even there, they could reach the courts and they could bless the Lord. There was the courtyard of the women. <laughs> they couldn't go all the way into the house of the Lord, but they could stand in the courtyard, lift their hands, and bless the Lord. There's the courtyard of the men. They get a little closer yet they still cannot enter the temple but they can stand in the courts and they can bless the Lord when our God came to us when God became man he stood in the courtyard and gave us the Word of God actually first he had to cleanse the courtyard, remember? He comes into the courts of the house of the Lord and he finds people buying and selling, people trying to make money out of worship. Good thing we don't do that anymore. <laughs> so he cleanses, the, he cleanses the courtyard of the temple. He casts out the money changers and casts out those who are buying, selling, sacrificial animals. He casts them all out because he says, My house will be called a house of prayer. And you have made it a den of thieves. He cleansed the temple courtyard. And there he stood among the people. People who were not allowed to enter into the temple. They could only come into the courtyard. And so that's where our God came. He owned the temple, he could have gone into the temple, he could have gone into the holy place, he could have gone into the holy of holies. It all belonged to him. But he chose to be among the people. And there he brought to us the word of God. There he proclaimed his word of truth to us. There he showed us the path to freedom. There he gave himself to us. Day after day, when we, when we celebrate Passion Week, we celebrate uh, that great entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, when he does, in fact, come into the... Ten- he himself came into the gates of Jerusalem. He made the journey. He made the ascent up to the temple. But, and there he cleansed it and purified it and taught. He taught all week long. Till the day of the Feast of Passover, when the Passover began, he was betrayed into the hands of sinners. and There he became the sacrificial lamb. Remember we talked about there were three celebrations that the ancient Jews would go to Jerusalem for. They would go to Jerusalem for Passover. They would go to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. They would go to the Jerusalem for the Feast of the Atonement. But there, on this Passover, God Himself became the Passover Lamb. And as He was hanging on the cross, an amazing thing happened. The veil of the temple was torn in two. You see, it was that the women, the Gentiles, and even the men could only stand in the court, on the courtyard. Only the priests and the Levites were allowed inside the temple, and they could only go into the outer temple. They could only stand in that which they called the holy place, and there they would praise God. They would sing and they would worship. They would burn incense to the Lord their God there in the holy place. But that's as far as they could go. And between the holy place and the holy of holies, there was an immense curtain sheltering it. And no one was allowed in except for the high priest one day of the year, the day of of atonement. There on the day of atonement, the high priest would take the blood of the sacrifice and he would pour it upon the mercy seat of God. The mercy seat of God, which we typically refer to now as the Ark of the Covenant. That was where the Jews believed God sat. That was his throne. That's where his seat was. When you hear, when you see in in the Old Testament references to the throne of God, that's it, this Ark of the Covenant. That's where God sits. We didn't get quite to the Psalm that talked about wanting to go see God's footsteps, but it was believed. That God sat upon the mercy seat of God and his footsteps were there in the temple. They had such a a tangible concept of God. But on one day of the year, on the Feast of the Atonement, only the high priest could go in to the Holy of Holies to pour the blood of the sacrifice upon the mercy seat of God. And it was considered such a terrifying thing. He would wear a special garment to go do this. And on the hem of this garment were bells. And this garment was tied with a rope to those who were outside. And it was believed that if the high priest went in there with any sin upon him, that he would be killed by the holiness of God. And so the bells were on his garment because those standing outside Listen for the bells. If the bells stop ringing, they think, oh, he must have been struck dead. And the garment had a rope on it so that they could pull him out. This is all true. But when God became flesh, everything changed. And that curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place, from the temple, from the people in the courtyards, was torn in two. Because we who are in Christ may now enter, not just the courtyard, but into the temple, into the holy places, and into the very holy of holy itself. We can come before God in His throne room Himself. There we can pour ourselves out to God and receive his mercy. Receive his mercy. Now inside the Ark of the Covenant, within the mercy seat of God, there are three things. Every good Baptist boy memorizes what those three things are. I'm not going to ask you. (laughs) The three things that were inside the Ark of the Covenant were this. There was a jar of manna. Remember when in the Old Testament they're traveling through the wilderness and they have nothing to eat and God brings manna, bread falls from heaven and that's what they have to to eat, the sustenance from God. There is the blood of the sacrifice. Remember that blood of the sacrifice is poured out each year. But the blood of the sacrifice is there within the Ark of the Covenant reminding us that God must take away our sins. And the third thing that's in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's staff. Aaron's staff. When there was an argument as to who should be the high priest Moses lined up all of the elders of Israel and said the one whose staff breaks into bud, the one that staffs one whose staff begins to flourish and grow and bud, that is the one God chooses to be his high priest. And it was Aaron's staff, the brother of Moses, that budded. This is God's priest, this is God's high priest. And his staff was then taken and placed within the Ark of the Covenant. Why those three things because they are to look to Jesus who is the bread of life it is Christ who is, whose blood is the blood of the sacrifice whose blood is the sacrificial lamb Christ the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and who is God's chosen high priest it is Jesus our Savior who is God's chosen high priest who intercedes for us before God day in and day out. But we who are in Christ have been invited in to the Holy of Holies. And indeed, we come into the Holy of Holies every time we go to Mass, because what do we receive in Mass except the bread of life, the blood of the sacrifice, and the intercession of the High Priest? It is God Himself who comes to us at Mass. It is God Himself who invites us into His presence. And we're, wondering, we're worrying about whether or not our Sunday obligation is commuted this week aren't we (laughs) but in mass we receive God himself we are filled with the presence of God we enter into God's presence and what do we do when we're there are we like Isaiah When he saw the throne room of God, he cries out, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And the angel took coal from the censer, placed it upon his lips to purify him so that he could praise God with pure lips. Or we like John the Divine, who saw the throne room of God there in the book of Revelation. And he wants to fall down and worship the angel who brought him there. And the angel says, no, don't worship me. I'm just a messenger. Worship the God who sits upon the throne. When we come into the Lord's presence, we come into the presence of the Lord to receive three things. We receive the blood of the sacrifice that washes us, that cleanses us from all sins. We receive the manna, the bread from heaven that fills our life with God's blessings, that pours into our lives God's sustenance, His provision, His abundance. He gives us food to eat because He cares for us. You know when you think about it God could just wipe out the world and just bring us all to heaven we'd all be happy wouldn't we (laughs) but instead he carries us through this life even though sometimes there are difficulties and there are troubles in this life he carries us through but he always feeds us on the way he feeds us through the journey with his very body he feeds us on the journey to keep us moving towards Him. We are pilgrims. We walk the the way of ascent every day of our lives as we seek to leave the world behind and enter into God's presence. And He feeds us with the bread of life. And the third thing we receive when we come into God's presence The intercession of God's great high priest, Jesus, who prays for us. And we know Jesus' prayer. We read Jesus' prayer in, in John, chapters 14, 15, 16. We see Jesus praying for us. He prays for our unity. He prays for our oneness. He prays that we might love one another with such a fervent love that the world will see, the world will take notice, that these people must belong to God because they regard one another as more important than themselves. What did did St. Paul just tell us in this reading? If you have any consolation, if you have any comfort, if you have any encouragement, regard one another more important than yourself have the same attitude that Jesus had who was God but he didn't think being God was something to be held on to can you imagine that can you imagine that being God and not thinking being God was something to be held on to but became human like us so he could be our servant so he could serve us, so he could wash our feet, so he could take care of us. Almost all of us have given up something to come to God. We have sacrificed, we have given things up. But he gave up being God to come to us. So God highly exalted him so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the great I am. When God appeared to Moses, Moses said on the, in the burning bush, Moses asked him, what's your name? God said, my name is I Am. I Am. And that name became so holy to the Jews that they wouldn't even say it. They wouldn't even pronounce it. Instead, they would just say, the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus Christ is the great I Am. Therefore, He is all and is in all. He is I am. In Him we live and move and have our being. He surrounds us, He fills us, and He brings us into His presence in the great Holy of Holies. By the washing of His blood, by the feeding us with heavenly food and by interceding for us. So often in the church we spend more time complaining about one another than we spend praying for one another. Have you ever noticed that? You know, we, we get upset at Satan, all right? But you realize Satan is just the Hebrew word for accuser. We've gotten to the point in life where we, we, we use that as a name for Satan, but it's actually it's what he does. It's not so much his name, it's just what he does. He accuses the brethren. In fact, you get to the book of Revelation, there is, there is the devil, there is Satan accusing the brethren. And there is Jesus interceding for us. And sometimes I wonder, what side are we on? Because it's so easy to spend more time complaining about one another and interceding for one another. But there in the Holy of Holies, washed by the blood of the Lamb, filled by the bread of life, and inhabited by the prayer of the Son of God. In that Holy of Holies, in that holy place, before the mercy seat of God, we come. And we cry out to the Lord for mercy. In Hebrew, there's a word for that. It's called hesed, And we use, sometimes we translate it love. Sometimes we translate it Kindness. Sometimes we translate it loving-kindness. Other times we translate it mercy. It's a word that expresses relationships so great, so loving, so giving, we really don't even have a word in English to match it. We have a hard time even understanding the concept. But we see it. We see it in the cross. The cross is God's chesed. The cross shows us God's love, His kindness, and His mercy so greatly poured out towards us that it purifies us. Not because of anything we have done, but because the love the kindness and the mercy of God are so great, nothing can contain it. Nothing can stop it. And St. Paul writes, nothing can separate us from Christ's love. That's what feeds us in God's presence. That's what we come to the presence of God for. Sometimes we think we go to the God's presence for a good feeling. And I'm sure, and it does feel good, right? Sometimes we think we go to God's presence so he will hear our prayer. But we go into God's presence to receive his chesed, his love, his kindness, and his mercy. And to be transformed by his love, And his kindness and his mercy so that we cannot contain it so that it grows within us like the staff of Aaron that budded it grows and it flourishes and it blossoms and it spreads out its branches into all the world that is what Christ called the church to be his vine his mustard tree that grows to encompass the entire world. That's what comes to us in the presence of God. So today as we've talked about this journey and looked at different reflections upon the journey in these 15 Psalms of Ascent, remember the destination is God himself. And in God's presence, we are cleansed, we are renewed, and we are transformed so we can carry that presence into the world.